0: The Word of the Lord from Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angels said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then, Go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Dear hearers in Christ, he is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. The night is gone. The vigil is ended. The morning is dawned. The tomb once occupied is empty. Purple and black give way to white in the sanctuary. The Lenten fast is ended and the Alleluia's are restored. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Let's flash back to the first Sunday in Lent. It's there that Far from a risen Savior in a garden, we find a suffering servant in the wilderness. Jesus is there, newly baptized, undergoing 40 days of fasting while tempted by the devil. Remember, he isn't there for his own sake, he's there for your sake. In his baptism, he has taken the place of sinners, your place too, and he started the long plod to the cross. In the wilderness, he takes the place of Old Testament Israel, and there he makes up for their disobedience by resisting every temptation of the evil one. In one of those temptations, the devil takes him to the pinnacle of the temple and says to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. "'For it is written, He will command His angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone.'" Remember from Good Friday that Jesus heard similar taunts while He was crucified, shouted contemptuously by the chief priests, "'If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross.'" Actually, they brought up the temple, too. They said, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. Taunts of the temple in both places, but no angels to be found in the wilderness, despite the devil's quote, just the suffering servant responding to the evil one. And as Satan warps God's word to make it sound that Jesus should do whatever he wants and enjoy his Father's protection, Jesus instead responds with a word and says, It is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Humbly, in the will of the Father, Jesus goes to the cross for the sins of the world. Again, no angels to be seen there. Just shouts, and death, and darkness, and an earthquake that splits rocks and tears the temple curtain in two. That was then. This is Easter. On the first day of the week, there's another earthquake, a bigger one. The earthquake's because now an angel is most evident. He descends from heaven with words and with purpose, His appearance is like lightning, his clothing white as snow, and he is on a mission. The one who would delight to keep the Savior from striking his foot against a stone now rolls a much bigger stone away as if it's nothing at all, while enemies tremble and become like the dead. Sitting on the stone, he declares to the women, "'Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified.'" He is not here, for he has risen, just as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. It's a new day. There is no darkness, and there is no fear, and soon there will be no sadness. The temple that was destroyed has been raised up on the third day, never to die again. Soon he appears to the women who fall to the ground and worship him. No striking his foot against a stone now either because because they're holding on to his feet. And don't forget that he has feet to hold on to. This is not some half-baked resurrection where the body stays in the tomb and the angel sniffs that Jesus lives on in spirit somewhere. Jesus is fully risen from the dead, body and all. Where sin has doomed body and all, Jesus has totally defeated sin. There is no need to divide the spoils because the victory is complete. With just that, there is so much good news for you. Look, you're still on this side of the resurrection. You're in the wilderness and not the garden. And before you still lies death and the grave. But you make your way knowing that the Lord sets his angels over you, that Christ goes with you, that he strengthens you against temptation, and he forgives you your sins. And you make your way knowing that he will raise you from the dead, body and all. Why? Because he is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. You know, back in the wilderness, there was also that temptation where Satan takes the suffering servant to a very high mountain, shows him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory, and says to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. This is the stupidest of the temptations, because clearly the kingdoms aren't his to give, and Jesus knows it, meaning the devil is really reaching or delusional or both. Jesus easily counters this temptation with another Old Testament quote, saying, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. The kingdoms of the earth, though in need of redemption, have always belonged to Jesus. That is why you heard on Good Friday of the king who wore a crown of thorns and who was nailed to his throne on Calvary. That is where he redeemed the world. But it was a strange victory because he conquered by shedding his own blood and breathing his last. He conquered not by defeating others, but by suffering their defeat in their place. It didn't look like a victory at all. For you, here and now on this side of the grave and the resurrection, it still doesn't look good. Frankly, it looks like sin and death and Satan are winning hands down. One might even think that it doesn't look as grim and dark and bleak as Good Friday only because the world hasn't managed to crucify the Lord again these days, though it is happy to claim loudly that God is dead and gone. But you know better, for you know that the world didn't wrestle the Son of God onto the cross in the first place. The only reason he wore that crown of thorns was because he consented to it, because it was his Father's will for your salvation. Jesus has always been the King of kings and Lord of lords. His death didn't initiate that. What his death did accomplish is that now you are welcomed in his kingdom too. Sure, the world looks bleak and intimidating, And tough times likely lie ahead for the church. In fact, people keep saying that the world, religion and philosophy wise, looks more like the first century than ever before with its tyranny, its persecution, its pagan religions. However, as I recall, the church did quite well in the first century. And the Lord will have his church today too. He will keep you as part of his kingdom, and no one can snatch you out of his hand. Know why? Because he is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. The king who died now lives and reigns forever. By water and the word, he has welcomed you into his kingdom, because he has joined you to his death and resurrection. Hallelujah! indeed. There is one more temptation in the wilderness, the first one you hear about in Matthew 4. To the suffering Savior who has fasted for forty days, the tempter comes and says to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread standing in and making up for the sins of the Israelites who grumbled against God for the bread that he gave them. Jesus has no use for the devil's bidding to self-indulgence. He responds, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. It is the Father's will, the Father's word, that the Son not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Whether it is saving himself from hunger in the wilderness, or saving himself from suffering at Golgotha, Jesus will have nothing of it. He is always about his Father's will. He is always about your salvation. And having accomplished that salvation, having hungered alone in the place of sinners in the wilderness, having thirsted, forsaken in their stead on the cross, he bids the women to tell the disciples that they are not forsaken. They are his brothers, and they will see him. And of course, when they do see him in Galilee, he feeds them. The Son of God who hungered and thirsted for you, He now feeds you. It is the medicine of immortality, for He gives you His body and blood for the forgiveness of sins. And because where there is forgiveness of sins, there is also life and salvation, this meal is a foretaste of the feast to come, the wedding feast of the Lamb in His kingdom, which has no end. Why? Because He is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. I do hope that you greet this day with joy, at least some joy. You are still in the wilderness, still on this side of the grave, and so you know sin and grief and affliction firsthand while you live by faith in Christ and heaven and glory. If your alleluias are half-hearted today, I pray that you know that those of your brothers and sisters in Christ are for your ears to point you to Christ, to strengthen your faith. The festive joy of this day is just the tiniest hint of the festival that awaits in the kingdom of heaven, and a seat is reserved at that banquet for you. In the meantime, know this. Where you are troubled by your sins, the Lord no longer holds them against you. Where you are dogged by temptation, the Lord knows it, and He is by your side for your good. Where you are fearful, He sets His angels over you, and He Himself does not depart from you. Where you have worries of daily bread, He promises all that you need for your body and soul. This night will give way today. Your own Easter will follow this lifelong Lent. This wilderness will give way to the garden restored, for Christ will raise you from the dead. Why? Because he is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen.